Welcome to the Vitality System Podcast, your guide to active, healthy, and happy living. Hello, and welcome back to the Vitality System Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Gonzalez, and I hope you're well-rested because today we are dedicating time to talk through one of the most crucial aspects of our health, and that is none other than sleep. In this episode, we'll discuss why we sleep, factors that influence sleep, sleep architecture, the pillars of healthy sleep, sleep culture, and of course, the benefits of getting proper sleep. This episode is all about highlighting nature's most powerful elixir and how we can harness it to live healthier lives. So let's uncover why sleep is a fundamental part of human evolution and how it shapes every aspect of our well-being. I think it's useful to start with why we sleep in order to set the stage for understanding how truly vital sleep is to life. Quite simply put, sleep is the holy grail of recovery. Every system and organ in your body is enhanced by sleep or harmed by the lack of sleep. When you're asleep, your body is performing complex tasks to combat all the stresses it accrues when you're awake. And while the exact single purpose of sleep is unclear, many, many different biological processes rely on sleep. So everything from your brain function, immunity, weight management, energy conservation, metabolism, heart health, mood... All of these things are predicated on your sleep health. And I think uh, an accurate way to kind of depict the importance of sleep is that every living organism on the planet partakes in some form of sleep. And I also like to throw out the line that um, there's a reason we spend a third of our entire life asleep. It's obviously important. Evolution has obviously prioritized sleep for some reason. So Uh, I think the real question we all need to ask is, how do you view sleep and are you actually taking care of your sleep hygiene? And this is a question that we'll circle back to throughout this episode. And at the end, we'll go through the benefits and strategies for better sleep. Next, I want to dive into the factors that influence sleep. Now, your sleep is mainly governed by two independent factors, your circadian rhythm and sleep pressure. These two factors don't really have much to do with each other, but they have everything to do with your sleep. So let's start with your circadian rhythm, which is a roughly 24-hour cycle that helps your body regulate many internal processes, including, of course, your sleep-wake cycle. Now, why do I say roughly? I say roughly because a few brave souls, in the name of science, of course, decided to pressure test the length of the circadian sleep-wake cycle. And to do that, they secluded themselves in dark, lonely caves for weeks, months at a time to pinpoint the exact time frame, which they found to be around 24 hours and 30 minutes. So you have them to thank for that. But getting back into the circadian rhythm, This cycle coordinates several mental, physical, and behavioral functions throughout the body, and it uses environmental cues like light, eating, and movement to kind of entrain this rhythm. The master controller of your circadian rhythm is the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is a mouthful, but it is basically a tiny group of neurons that sits at the base of the brain, 
and generates hormonal and neural signals that regulate different body functions. This nucleus communicates with several brain regions and uses light information to synchronize your body clock. One of the critical regions, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN for short, one of the critical regions the SCN communicates with is the pineal gland, which facilitates, uh, among other things, the release of the vital hormone melatonin. So we all know melatonin, but melatonin helps regulate the timing of sleep by signaling to the body that it is time for sleep. So common misconception, melatonin does not actually affect the actual generation of sleep. It just signals to the body that it is time for sleep. Um, And melatonin itself is inhibited by light and stimulated by darkness. So bright lights at night will kill your melatonin, which is the signal that lets your body know that it's time to start preparing for sleep. But Regardless of light or darkness, your body's circadian rhythm also keeps time preference for various functions, including hunger, body temperature, hormone production, metabolic rate, um, and every cell and organ follows a circadian rhythm. So every person has a unique 24-hour rhythm. Now, whether yours is 24 hours in 15 minutes or 24 hours in 30 minutes, like those who camped out in a cave for a couple months Um, that is specific to the individual. So that wraps up the circadian rhythm side of the sleep-wake dynamic. The other half of the equation is sleep pressure. Now, sleep pressure is the increasing desire to sleep caused by the buildup of adenosine in the brain. This accumulation of adenosine can interfere with cell receptors, which can inhibit neural activity and ultimately lead to drowsiness. So to break down what adenosine is, throughout the day, your body is breaking down and metabolizing what's called adenosine triphosphate or ATP, which is your main energy currency. And this leaves you with much leftover adenosine. After about 12 to 16 hours, this excess adenosine piles up, causing a signal in your brain that leads to increased sleep propensity. So basically throughout the day, you're building and building and building up this excess adenosine. And at night when you sleep, this adenosine is recycled and you wake up feeling more alert because you have cleared off this excess adenosine that builds that sleep pressure. And we all know about caffeine, but what caffeine does is it blocks this signal by binding to the adenosine receptors in the brain which ultimately tricks you into feeling alert while adenosine builds up even more. And so when this caffeine wears off, cleared by the liver, the adenosine floods back into the brain at a very, very high concentration, leading to the also familiar and infamous caffeine crash. So sleep pressure is caused by that adenosine buildup and caffeine can block this Uh, signal to the brain, causing even more buildup and a further crash when it's finally cleared off. But ultimately, your sleep pressure and your circadian rhythm are the two factors that help determine the lion's share of your sleep-wake dynamic. These two factors are usually in sync, but they can ebb and flow. And one final factor is something that we didn't cover, but it is your chronotype which is basically your body's natural inclination to sleep at a particular time. So 
we all know night owls or early risers or, or whatever you want to call them, dolphins. I hear a lot of different names for these nowadays, but uh, we will cover chronotypes in a later episode, so stay tuned for that. Next up, we have sleep architecture, which basically refers to your sleep patterns, basic structural organization and cycles. And not all sleep is equal, so understanding sleep architecture is actually critical. So there are two main types of sleep. You have non-rapid eye movement sleep and rapid eye movement sleep, or REM sleep as people call it. So the non-rapid eye movement sleep can be broken down into four stages, and they're ironically called stages one through four. So they're based on depth of sleep. So stages one and two are generally characterized as light sleep, and stages three and four are generally characterized as deep sleep. On the other hand, REM sleep is characterized by fast, multidirectional eye movements and more chaotic brain activity, sometimes even more chaotic than when we're awake. And this is usually, but not always, where dreaming occurs. And so how do we kind of identify uh, when we are sleeping or what characterizes sleep in general? Now, we can do this a couple of ways. Sometimes it's self-identified through a loss of external awareness or a sense of time distortion, but the gold standard criteria for identifying the different sleep stages are brainwave activity, eye movement, and muscle activity, and this is usually measured in a lab. So as you sleep, your body sequentially goes through each of these stages and types of sleep. And these 90-minute, what are called ultradian cycles, start with non-REM sleep stages one, two, and progress to three and four, and finally end with the transition to REM sleep. But interestingly enough, as you sleep, the cycles change in proportion of non-REM to REM sleep as the night progresses. So in the earlier part of the night, these 90-minute cycles are dominated by a higher proportion of non-REM sleep. But as night turns to morning, REM sleep starts to take over as the primary portion of these cycles. So this asymmetrical pattern means that staying up too late or waking up too early can impact different types of sleep, leading to various issues, depending, of course, on your chronotype. So that kind of gives you a general overview of each of the stages that you go through um, in these 90-minute cycles while you are sleeping. Next up, we will hit the four pillars of healthy sleep, um, which we're going to dedicate a whole episode to breaking these down and giving you the tools to actually improve each of these pillars. But for now, I want to give you a high level overview. So pillar number one is regularity or the consistency of your sleep schedule. Now, this just consists of going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, you know, plus or minus 30 minutes and even on the weekends. Pillar number two is continuity, and this is just how many times you wake up or how fragmented your sleep actually is, and you can kind of avoid this by trying to make sure alcohol, caffeine, drinking water close to bed, eating close to bed, all of those things are managed so you're not waking up uh, too many times while you are sleeping at night. And the fourth and final pillar is quality or how well you are actually sleeping at night. So this can be your sleep architecture, which we just went over, your sleep efficiency, which is for the amount of time you're in bed, how much of that time is actually spent asleep, 
and sleep latency, which is, you know, how fast you fall asleep. So all of these things can be, uh, you know, enhanced by creating the right sleep environment. So we've all heard, keep it cool, keep your room dark, keep your room quiet, unless you're using some sort of white noise that helps you, um, and kind of sleeping in line with your chronotype. But either way, regularity, continuity, quantity, and quality are the four pillars that you must, must focus on for healthy sleep. And I would venture to say that regularity and the consistency of your sleep schedule is probably the one I would put at the top. So now that you have an idea of why we sleep, how we sleep in the architecture, and some of the pillars of healthy sleep, I thought it would be beneficial to quickly rattle off some of the research-backed benefits behind quality sleep as well as the consequences of poor sleep to help further illustrate sleep's vital importance in our day-to-day lives. So first, we have some of the benefits. So sleep boosts cognitive function, which includes memory, learning, alertness, productivity, creativity, and decision-making. Sleep also reduces stress and enhances mood. It can recalibrate emotional brain circuits. It can support the immune system, protects heart health by lowering blood pressure. Sleep can balance your metabolic state by reducing uh, or regulating blood sugar levels. Sleep can also help you regulate your appetite, helping to control weight, helps you maintain a healthy microbiome, boosts athletic performance, and ultimately increases lifespan. So whether it's a major disease or a chronic condition, sleep is going to enhance your ability to fight, combat, or prevent that chronic condition or major disease. Conversely, with the consequences of poor sleep, it weakens the immune system, increases risk of Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, and certain cancers. It can disrupt blood sugar regulation. It can lead to weight gain and poor appetite control by increasing hormones that uh, increase hunger. It increases inflammation and oxidative stress, which can lead to the buildup of plaque-like amyloid or tau in the brain, which are two plaques that accumulate in the brain and have been linked to things like dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, It can exacerbate basically all major psychiatric disorders like depression and anxiety. It can increase increase, the chances of accidents in cases of drowsy driving, falls, medical errors, um, lower sex drive, decreases mood regulation and cognition, as in memory, problem solving, concentration, and processing speed, and ultimately shortens the lifespan. So, Hopefully, this clearly and concisely paints the picture of how essential sleep is to not just our health, but our lives. Next up, we are talking practical strategies for better sleep. Now, we'll do a whole episode on practical strategies for enhancing your sleep, but for now, if you are looking to improve your sleep quality, I'd say the starter kit would be establishing a regular sleep schedule, which I mentioned earlier meaning simply going to bed and waking up at the same times, plus or minus 30 minutes, even on the weekends. This is the crucial first step to correcting any sleep issues or addressing any sleep issues. Next, I would say create a conducive sleep environment. So, you know, you hear these tips thrown out a lot, but they actually can work if you adhere to them, which is keeping it dark, quiet, cold, Um, and, you know, having whatever noise preference that you want. And by cold, I mean, 
below 68 degrees, usually, generally. Um, and, you know, dark, whether that means blackout shades or whatever the case might be. And in line with creating this conducive sleep environment would be engaging in relaxing pre-bedtime activities. So this can be things like reading, meditating, breath work, a warm shower, whatever the case is, getting this uh, pre-bedtime routine locked in can help prepare your body and your mind for sleep by getting into that same routine every single night and ultimately quieting the noise and the stress from the day that you just had. Also, of course, you want to try to limit blue light exposure and you want to manage your diet, alcohol, and exercise habits, which can all significantly contribute to better or worse sleep. Lastly, I want to address a sleep topic that isn't often talked about, but a few years back when I read Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep, my eyes were opened to the topic of sleep culture. Now, there's no denying that sleep is paramount in our lives and our health, and over the millions of years of evolution, sleep has definitely stood the test of time, so it's obviously something of paramount importance. But as we have gotten smarter, our sleep culture has lagged behind. Whether it's in our education systems, our athletics, our workforce, sleep fails to be prioritized. Most schools start too early from elementary all the way up to high school, and these early start times can not only decrease the amount of REM sleep students get, but they can cause emotional and mood disturbances, which can later be characterized or punished by the school system. At the college level and beyond, medical students and nurses work these insane shifts that make it impossible to build good sleep habits. And the same goes for those who have rigid shift work schedules and graveyard shifts who constantly battle to get healthy sleep. Now, I know we can't just eliminate some of these jobs and they are necessary for uh, you know our economy and our world to function. But what we can do is educate people and build the systems that allow better sleep for those who work these jobs and participate in some of these organizations. So our business leaders, educators, and the healthcare system must make the necessary changes to kind of shift this sleep culture in America because we as individuals can do our part, but modern society usually and most times makes it very, very difficult on us to kind of go against the grain uh, to, you know, prioritize sleep in our lives. You know, we constantly hear sleep is for the weak or I'll sleep when I die from the people who want to show their work ethic. And on the other hand, those who prioritize sleep are often seen as lazy or not dedicated. Um, but these phrases completely miss the mark when you consider the benefits that healthy sleep provides, as well as the detriments of you know not sleeping and what that can cause. So the long hours, the early start times, the crazy shifts, um, along with always being connected in this age of technology, it feels like work-life balance has kind of really, those lines have really been blurred. And all of these things can lead to disrupted sleep patterns. So the adverse effects are obviously wide-reaching, whether it's increasing the risk of disease or illness, whether it's mood disruption, or on the other end, whether it's decreasing productivity and creativity in the workplace. It's become a huge epidemic and a silent epidemic that some are addressing, but 
many miss the mark. And things like medical errors, drowsy driving, and other workplace mistakes can all result from directly a lack of sleep. So the more we can prevent these unnecessary mishaps, the better we can be as a society. But that starts with prioritizing sleep and prioritizing the health of each and every person in the school system, in the workplace, and wherever else sleep can be prioritized. Fortunately, there has been a recent surge in the past few years in sleep technology and wearable health technology, which have made sleep tracking and sleep monitoring more accessible. And these devices and technology can give you insight into your sleep patterns and sleep architecture, allowing you to adjust your habits and practices as needed. And several sleep tools have actually made it easier to create the right sleep environment and making that process a little bit more frictionless. But these tools and technology, you know, they're great, but they're only the tip of the iceberg for changing our sleep culture. Getting healthy sleep is less about a score or a number. It's more about how you feel and how you show up each and every day. And to show up your best every single day, that requires consistent quality sleep. And that requires a full society scale effort um, to make sure that we prioritize sleep in as many ways as possible. So to wrap things up, we talked through the why, the what, the how, and the when with regards to sleep. And what we know is this. Sleep ranks very, very, very high, if not at the top, of things that we cannot live without. Without sleep, you can only survive you know, 10 or 11 days. I think the record is 11 days going without sleep. So that makes it pretty clear that sleep is a basic human need and drive that affects every system, cell, organ in your body, and getting too little sleep and you start to deteriorate at every level. But on the other hand, get quality sleep and your health vitality is enhanced at every level. So these effects don't always manifest physically or right away, but the cumulative effect of bad sleep habits can be detrimental. So how you think, act, feel, and live is always going to be much better when you are fully rested, and sleep is a zero-cost, all-encompassing health booster that is probably the most effective lever in improving your well-being. As the sleep expert that I talked about earlier, Matt Walker, always says, we sleep to cure ourselves from the damage of wakefulness. So as we pour in all the stresses and strain on our body, both physically and mentally, we can always count on sleep to be there for us to help us heal from all these stresses, strains, and you know things that we deal with. So sleep is where we recover, sleep is where we adapt, sleep is where we transform, and ultimately if we as a society can learn to harness the superpower of sleep, we can start to shift the sleep culture, and more importantly, the health and well-being of our society. So I thank you for joining me on this journey into the world of sleep. Stay tuned for more insights on health and wellness, and remember, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So here's to creating a healthier tomorrow today.